morning to Luke chapter number 1. Luke chapter number 1. We've been studying the gospel according to Luke, and we're going to go back and look at some verses in chapter number 1. We're currently in chapter number 6 on Sunday mornings, but I want to just share something that's on my heart this morning from this text, Luke chapter number 1. <clears throat> we'll begin reading verse number 26, a familiar passage to us. We're going to work through this, this passage here in just a few minutes this morning. Luke chapter number 1. Uh, look at verse number 26. <clears throat> and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin, a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph, the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. The angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. When she saw him, she was troubled at this saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. The angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Let us pray this morning. Father, we love you this morning, Lord, and we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for what this day represents. Lord, I thank you for godly, uh, godly mom in my life and Lord, I, I thank you for godly women. Lord, I thank you, uh, Lord, just for your plan. I thank you for who you are. God, I thank you for every person that's here this morning. Lord, we're not here by accident. God, we're here on purpose this morning. Lord, I pray for those that may not know you today. God, I pray that you would draw them into yourself. Lord, for those that may be away from you, Lord, may they see that your way is the best way. God, I pray that we'll leave differently than we came. And Lord, I pray that you'd bless. Lord, I pray that, Lord, we wouldn't hear from a man this morning, but God, we'd hear from you. Lord, thank you for being so good to us. Lord, thank you for your love for us. Lord, thank you for grace. And Lord, we, we thank you for that. Lord, bless everything that's said and done. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Way of introduction, we're going to talk through some things. And don't get mad at me. Um, we're going to get somewhere with this this morning. But we're living in some wild days when it even comes to being a lady, when it becomes to being a woman in our society. And I want to set some groundwork here and then talk through some things that I believe can help all of us this morning, um, especially concerning these things of identity, masculinity, and femininity. Crazy times. Out of one mouth, we scream women's rights. And out of the other mouth, we fight for men to compete in women's sports. It just doesn't make sense. Somebody help me this morning. Does that make sense? No, that's tearing down women's rights. And let me just say this as a side note here. I just want to get you, make you mad right off the bat. We need your seat and the parking spot, okay? So we're just going to get there. That's not funny, okay? It's funny to me. Any man that wants to compete in women's sports is a loser. If he, basically what he's saying, and this ought to wake us up. That has nothing to do with women's rights. And that's what, it's nuts. He's saying this, I couldn't win in my gender, is everybody tracking me here this morning? So I just want to throw that's for free, not part of the sermon this morning. I just want to get that out there this morning. Um, listen, that, 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 that is not, that, that he is a loser. That's all there is to it, okay? But we're living in some crazy times where the world, in the, in the voice of they're trying to help you as a woman, they're trying to tear you down. They're trying to take away the identity that God has given you. They're trying to change what God has intended. There's a man that uh, did a documentary recently uh, called What is a Woman? And he went around asking people, what's a woman? And it was mind-blowing that people wouldn't answer it. It's a pretty simple de definition. The Oxford Dictionary simply says this, it's an adult female. 
So what is a woman? A, a, a woman is an adult female. Yet in the name of tolerance, every single day, women's rights and womanhood is being degraded more and more by each passing day. In our culture, there seems to be a push to anything goes, no matter what biology says, common sense says, preservation of life says. You can be anything you want, anywhere you want, anyhow you want. You can be a girl, you can be a boy, you can be an animal. Whatever you feel like being, you can be, and we are in a major identity crisis. Some school systems are pushing for kids to be able to make major life biological changes without parents' consents. Marriage has already been redefined. All of us know someone who's already been affected by some of this. Politically speaking, if you, ex- if you don't accept this, this craziness in our society, in our culture, you're considered a bigot. You're, you're, you're some sort of phobe if you don't allow some of these freak shows to happen in libraries. Happy Mother's Day. Okay, I'm just kidding. Um, man, and, and what happens is, in the name of tolerance... Man, there's a whole lot of intolerance going on. As a follower of Jesus, so here's the question, and this is a Mother's Day sermon, I promise. I promise you this. As a follower of Jesus, here's the question this morning. What are we to do with this? I mean, this is the world we live in. Where are we to stand on these issues? You see, where we stand on these issues will determine much for our families, our future, our marriages, our kids, and our functionality in society. We are, and let me just say this this morning, you may not believe this this morning, I'm just telling you this is what's happening. We are being conditioned to accept everything and anything. There were things that 20 years ago over here that the Bible is very clear on. I'm just talking about when it comes to purity, when it comes to divorce, when it comes to marriage. 20 years ago that preachers would get up and preach and people wouldn't make a big deal about and we wouldn't accept those and then they became accepted and everything was okay. And now all the way over here, stuff that we would have rejected, even people that don't know the Lord, guess what we're doing? We're accepting them. Everywhere you turn, this stuff is being pushed down our throats, isn't it? I mean, if your kids, let me just say this, if your kids have social media, if they're going to school, if they have friends, if they breathe, this stuff is being shoved down their throats every single day. And I don't want you to be mad at me. We've got to stand up as the church and as believers and not be necessarily angry at anyone, but we've got to know where we stand on these type of issues. Ladies, we have to know that you were made in the image of God and you're not an accident and God has a role for you and he made you exactly who he wants you. The future generations, if, if the church and as us as parents don't stand up, if we expect somebody else to teach our kids our head, they're not going to. We can't expect the school. We can't even expect the church. Listen, as parents, we're the ones who have to teach our kids simple theological truths where all of this is stemming from. Genesis chapter no, number one says it this way. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish and the sea and the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Just in these first chapter of the Bible, these two verses here, much is said concerning the subject at hand. We must understand that God created us. We're not an accident. This morning, God created man and women in his image. He created two genders, male and female. And the purpose of that was for them to come together and to be fruitful and to multiply and to replenish the earth. Man, he created two genders, male and female. This is both biblically true and this is biologically true. And I just want to say this as kindly as I can. If God created you and God made you, listen, he doesn't make mistakes. He made you exactly who he wanted you to be. If God made you a girl. That's who he wanted you to be. 
If God made you a boy, that's who he wanted you to be. We must embrace the calling and who God has made each one of us. He doesn't make mistakes. At creation, there was two genders. That's what God created. Without two genders involved, there is no multiplication. There is no replenishment. And this morning on Mother's Day, I want us just to look at this scripture. In this scripture in Luke chapter number 1 about a woman named Mary. And I believe something that ladies we can all learn from and men. We can, there's some truths here that we can all take away this morning. Now, when, when it comes to this woman named Mary in scripture, there's six or seven different ladies throughout Scripture who carried this name. This Mary here specifically, that Mary from Nazareth, <coughs> Jesus' mother, uh, the, the mother of Jesus. What a title, by the way. What a position. What a responsibility. What a name. Mary, could you imagine this? Mary is given, she's given the, 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 the responsibility to be the one, to be chosen, to be mama of Jesus. I mean, that, that would be, I mean, could you imagine that? that? I mean, that you would be chosen. This was this one that was chosen to be the mother of Jesus. I mean, she exemplified so much through her life, through even some suffering and self-denial and some things that she went through. And I want us to just look, and I want us to think about this this morning. So we're going to work through the text, and I'm going to give you three things that we can take home for us this morning. But think about this. Why Mary? What is it that was so special about her? What was so special about this young Jewish virgin? What qualified her to be the mother of Christ? And I want to work through this text this morning. And, man, there's some things that we can all learn from. Look at verse number 26. Let's get our Bibles open. We're going to work right through this this morning. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. So God sends an angel to, to Nazareth. And look what, he, look what happens. Look at verse 27. To a virgin, a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Now, there's two things you'll notice in verse 27 right off the bat. Man, it's, it, it calls her twice, not just a young woman. It says here she was a virgin. The first thing that I notice, just by way of introduction as we work through this, man, Mary was one already who exemplified a life of purity. It says she was a virgin. She was committed to God's plan. She espoused here simply means she was betrothed to Joseph. She was promised to be married to him. To God, for the one that would carry Jesus, purity, cleanliness, holiness is important. And let me just say, in the world we live in, it should not be minimized. It should not be scrutinized. It should not be mocked. We live in a day where the, where the, where, where the importance of purity sexually and socially is downplayed. But let me just say this this morning. Listen, it is God's plan. And as moms and as ladies and as men of God, we, we all need to exemplify purity in our lives. And I want you to think about this. Could you imagine if Mary wouldn't have followed God's plan here? Man, she would have forfeited one of the most awesome responsibilities that has ever been given to her. And many times what ends up happening in our lives is we forfeit God's blessings down the road for a little thing temporarily. Man, Mary, listen, she was one who exemplified purity. Not only does a godly mother or a godly woman exemplify purity in her own life, but here it is. She desires it for her children and her family. She leads in a way that pushes and points to Christ, not away from him. Look at verse 28. 
And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled. And I imagine she was. This angel showing up to say, hey, you are going to have baby Jesus. Can y'all think with me here for a minute? If that was you, I think sometimes we super spiritualize these people. Here's this young lady, never been with a man, and the Holy Ghost shows up through, with an angel and it says, hey, the Holy Ghost says that you are going to be with child. She was one who has God's favor. Look at verse number 28. Stay with me this morning. Look at verse 28. And the angel came into her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And she, when she saw him, she was troubled. And, man, what manner of salutation shall this be? Look at verse 30. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And look what he says. I mean, just put yourself in her spot. And behold, thou, con- thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son. And shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord shall give unto him the throne of her father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And in his kingdom there shall be no end. So here he says basically, listen, you're highly favored. God has chosen you. You are going to be the one who will carry the Messiah. Now this is important because this verse right here is an answer to a messianic prophecy that Jesus would come through the line of uh, of line of uh, Abraham and the line of King David, which started all the way back in Genesis chapter number twelve, was repeated again a few times. Second um, Samuel said it said it this way. And when thy days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for, my, for his name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Basically, what, 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 what the angel here is reminding is, listen, God always keeps his promises. Man, this was a promise that had been given hundreds and hundreds of years before this time. And, man, God is keeping it. Man, so then she asks a question, and he's given an answer. Stay with me. Look at verse 34. You got your Bibles? Look it up. Then Mary said unto the angel, and I want you to put your spot here. Put, your, put yourself here. How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Now, I want you to stop and think with me here. Here's this young lady just being told that she's going to carry Jesus. Can you imagine maybe the fear that was probably in her mind? What's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to my body? I mean, those are legitimate things. I think sometimes we read right past this. I mean, how am I going to explain this to my parents? How am I going to explain this to the one I'm betrothed to? Look at verse number 35. So she says, how do she's, she's saying this, listen, I'm a virgin. I've never been with a man. How am I going to have this baby? And look what the, look what the angel, look at this, verse 35. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. So she says, how can this happen since, everybody right up here, since I don't know man. And he says this, the Holy Ghost is going to do it. He's going to put this baby inside. Now, call me crazy, but can you imagine her trying to explain that to her mama? This was real life, y'all. After that angel showed up, she had to go to her parents. And could you imagine the conversation here? Um, I'm going to be expecting, or I am expecting. 
And I can imagine her mom, and I mean, could you imagine the fear that's going inside of her? Could you imagine the thoughts emotionally? Mom, I'm pregnant. And I can imagine her mom coming back to her and asking, well, you know, because um, you've got to understand the culture in this time, this, was, this wasn't a good thing. She said, you know, you know, Mom, I'm praying, and she, and, well, who, who, is it Joseph, you're betrothed to him, or is it someone else? You know, what, and she says, uh, no, it's the Holy Ghost. Think about that. Those are conversations that probably had to be had. I would say, man, that would be a tough one to have, wouldn't it? And then she's betrothed to Joseph already, so you're engaged to someone. You're going to get married to someone. You, you have to go to him and say, hey, Joseph. Can you all think of the heaviness of this? Can you think of the tears that were probably cried as she's wondering if he's going to believe her? Man, it, it, what, and she has to go to Joseph and say, Joseph, I'm pregnant. And Joseph says, yeah, I know that ain't me. Somebody help me this morning. What's going on here? And she says, oh, it's the Holy Ghost. I think sometimes we read past this and we don't realize the depth of emotion, stress, what kind of woman this must be to have to walk through this trial Although it wasn't a trial that would end up badly for her personally, if you put herself in your place, man, it's going to be an awesome thing because we're going to see in a minute how she worships and how she turns it back to the Lord. But the immediate response here probably was devastating in some ways in her mind. She had probably had to give up some dreams at this moment that she had had. She's going to be pregnant for the next nine months. She betrothed to Joseph. I'm not sure this is what she had planned out for her life. I'm not sure this was her choice A of how things would go. She had some things that she had to work through here. I wonder what Mary is going to do. Man, notice what it says in verse number 38, and this is awesome. Look what she says, verse 38. You got your Bibles open? And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. Man, she answers this way. And we know the story of Elizabeth and that whole other miracle in this chapter. But she says, if this is God's plan, if this, God, if this is what God has for me, if this is what God's will is for me. She was devoted to God's plan and His word. She is one who magnified God and His plan. Look at verse number 46. Look what Mary says here. Mary said... And think about the the stuff she's carrying as she's doing this in her head. She said this, my soul doth magnify the Lord. You know what she was doing here in this day in her life? Man, she's a lady that exemplifies worship. Man, she's one that looks to and trusts the Lord. I can't help but think of the 34th Psalm, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Mary is one who magnify the Lord. And then look at verse number 47. For he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth shall all generations be blessed. Verse 47. And my spirit hath, look at this, hath rejoiced in the God. Listen, here's the thing. She, she has joy. Y'all understand this morning, ladies and, and men, we can learn from this. Joy isn't based on circumstances. It's not. It's not based on what we're going through. It's based on who he is. And somewhere along the way, someone has either taught her or she's ever even experienced that, listen, no matter what comes my way, I've got to be a person, listen, that has joy in the Lord. What an awesome example to us. And then in verse number 48, let's read it again. Look at at this. 
For he has regarded the, the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from thenceforth shall all generations call me blessed. She knew that the Messiah was coming from him. You know what she was saying there? God, if this is your plan for me, y'all listen, y'all listen to me. If this is your plan for me, I trust you. God, this isn't my plan. God, I didn't ask for this. God, I didn't want to carry Jesus necessarily. But if this is the plan that you have for me, I trust you. I can't help but think of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not in thine own understandings. In all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct that path. That means when we can't see and when it doesn't make sense, Mary was one that exemplified a woman that trusted the Lord. Then notice in verse number 49, Look at this, man. She is worshiping and she's acknowledging the holiness of God. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things. Notice what she says. And holy is his name. She acknowledged the holiness of the Lord. 1 Samuel 2, 2, there is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee. Neither is there any rock like our God. Now look at verse 50 and stay with me. I'm going to give you a couple things after this. Look at verse 50. And his mercy is on them. That fear him from generation to generation. He has showed strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent the empty away. He has opened his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. What she's saying here is this. I've seen the sovereignty of God at work in my life and he made a promise and through, listen, he made a promise that through Abraham and David that, listen, that the Messiah would come and he's fulfilling it right in front of me. He was, she was, this is what she was doing. She was trusting the sovereignty of God, his everlasting covenant. You say, Jake, what in the world are we talking about this morning? Listen, this is, this is where we're at. When it comes to being a woman in the world we live in, I think Mary, man, I, I think she's an awesome one for us to look at. In these hard times, in these times where, man, through the world, everything about true identity, what God intended for a woman is being torn down. And, and whether you realize it or not, this, uh, the women's rights movement of today isn't for women's rights. They're, for, they're tearing it down. And listen, that's not what God has intended. God has intended for you to have rights. He's intended you. Listen, he wants to use you in a great way. You are created by him and for him and for his glory. And I just want to give you three reminders this morning as I was reading this about Mary. And I want you to think about is this. This first one is embrace. We talked about roles at the beginning. Embrace the role that God has given you. If he created you a woman, that's an awesome thing. That's who he made you to be. That's not something to be ashamed of. That's something to be proud of. And with that role, he specifically laid out in Scripture some things. Let me read out of 1 Peter 3, and don't get mad at me after I read this. This is the Bible speaking here. You'll see why I mean that in a minute. Y'all are a tough crowd. We're going to start serving more coffee at this hour. Listen, there, there's some things here. There's some words we don't like, but I want to explain them because this is who God made you to be, and that's an awesome thing. 1 Peter 3 says this. Likewise, you wise, and don't, men, don't start amen because I'm going to beat you up if you do because we've we got to understand this. Likewise, you wise, be in subjection to your own husbands. And we're going to talk about that because we've abused that. and We've taken that and made it to mean something that doesn't mean. That if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the, conversation of the conversion of the wise. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. Whose adorning, let it not be of that, the outward adorning of the plaiting of the hair and of the wearing of gold or of the putting on of apparel. But let it be in the hidden man of the heart and that which is not corruptible, even the ornament 
of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God a great price. For after this manner, in the old time, the holy women also who trusted God adorned themselves being subject unto their own husband. This is the part I tried to get Sarah to really listen to. I underlined this in her Bible for her. Listen to this. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. It doesn't work, okay? I'm just telling you guys. She ain't going to do it. Listen. Whose daughters ye are, as long as you do well and are not afraid with amazement. So in the past, preachers have taken this word submissiveness and they've turned it into this thing where you do what I say. I'm a, you know, that dictatorial type relationship. That's not what God has intended. Men and women, y'all listen to me. Men and women are absolutely and unequivocally made in the image of God and equal. The Bible makes no distinction in worth, abilities, intellect, or spirituality. Leadership and submission is not about equality. It's about functionality. Listen, submission is a voluntary and willing compliance to the one God has chosen to leave. Even Jesus himself submitted to the Father, though they were equal. And it says this about a woman and a godly woman and your identity. Because, and let me just say this as kindly as I can. It doesn't matter what the world says about your identity. It matters what God's word says. God has an intention for you, and listen, it's something to be celebrated. It's not something to be ashamed of. If God made you a woman, that is awesome. Embrace the identity that God's given you. I mean, he speaks of chaste conversation. I mean, that's the first one that I think of. And, man, when you think of that chaste conversation, we live in a world where there used to be, you ever heard this back in the day? You don't hear it much anymore, but, man, that, you need to talk more like a lady. Remember mom saying that to my to my. Uh, my sister, when my sister was cussing me out behind the scenes, somebody, I'm just kidding, she never did. My sister was the perfect one. But we live in a days where there used to be a day, and I'm not trying to be mean, I just want us to think here. There used to be a day when women talked in a way that was gracious and loving, and they didn't use certain language. Now, I mean, if you, if you work in the secular world, I'm, I've, I've been in it too. Women talk just as vulgar as men do. You know, there was a day where that didn't happen, and that wasn't God's intention for your role. It says chase conversation. Those words that come out of our mouth. It says meekness. I'm not trying to be mean. It's what meekness. Having the power to do something about it, but controlling it. It says this, a quiet spirit. And look what it says under this. In the sight of God, a great price. Knowing when to speak and knowing when not to speak. I mean, it's a great price under God. I mean, it goes on to have a whole couple verses, and I don't want you to get mad at me. I'm just telling you what the Scripture says. This is the New Testament Bible this morning. Embrace your role. There's nothing wrong with it. It should be celebrated instead of downplayed. I mean, it speaks of modest and pure, pure in an import, pure world. Modesty is still something that God wants for His people. And I know some have preached and defined that and made it something that it's not, but it's something we must at least consider because it's in the Scripture. All of these qualities and characteristics Mary had. I want to just encourage you ladies here this morning. If God created you a lady, that's something that's awesome. Embrace that role that he's given you. If you're a mom and that's the role that you have in the season of your life, embrace that role. Those children, they're a heritage of the Lord. And I'm telling listen, there's going to come a time where they're going to turn 17 or 18, if not sooner, and you, you pray that you've had these years to prepare them and they go out and they're, I mean, you, if, if we can get our kids just to be functioning adults and have a job, we're successful. 
Mom, if you're a mom, embrace that role. Don't let the world tell you that your job's not important. And I thank God we have, in our, in our church, we have women that stay home and take care of their kids. We have women very successful in their careers. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about embrace whatever role God's give you. If it's to have a career and it's to do that or if it's to raise those babies, whatever it is, I, listen, embrace that role and do it for the glory of God. Don't let anyone tell you that your role's not important. Your role as a mother and as a grandmother and as a lady this morning, wherever God's placed you, it's important and embrace that role. Don't be ashamed of who God made you to be. It's something you should be proud of and you should enjoy. Your identity that God made you a mom or God made you a grandmother or whatever God has done and the grace that he's given you, accept it, embrace it, and glorify God through it. The second thing I want you to notice from Mary is this. Not only did she embrace the identity that God gave her, but she learned to trust in the Lord with all of her heart. Man, she went through some devastating news in a way. Yet she knew the promises of God were true. She knew the Lord in a way that even when this news came, guess what she's able to say? I Listen, though he slay me like Joe said, I will trust him. Though this, this biologically doesn't make sense, I'm going to trust him. Man, this is relationally going to be hard. I'm going to have to talk to Joseph. I'm going to have to talk to my parents. And I'm, I'm sure there's going to be some ladies in the foyer of the church gossiping, saying, oh yeah, really, it's the Holy Ghost. But yet, what did she do? She trusted God. She learned to trust God. Listen, ladies, God had a plan for Mary. God has a plan for you. God created you for a purpose, His glory. I think sometimes it's downplayed within the church. We could go back through the Bible and see, I could name woman after woman after woman after woman that God used in a great way. Think of Mary right here. Ruth, Mary Magdalene, Rachel, Hannah, Deborah, the first or the only woman judge mentioned in Scripture, Esther, Miriam, Sarah, Abigail, Elizabeth, Priscilla, Martha, Rahab. We could go all through the Scripture and see women that God used in a great way. But we've got all of us. Listen, God is in control. He is sovereign. Even when you have questions, trust Him. That's what I want to tell you this morning. Even if you have trust, that's something we can learn from Mary. Even when you have questions, man, trust God. Let me say this. God does not just use men. You say, Jake, why are you saying that this morning? Because I've sat in places where act, that, that, that acted like God only used men. God uses, listen, God uses anybody he wants to use. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Male and female, young and old. Listen, if God wants to use them, he can use them. Trust the Lord. So, here, here's the, so how is this applicable to me? Whatever you're going through right now, can I just tell you this? Trust God. Whatever you're going, man, what? This morning, Mom, you may have somebody, you may, have, you may be in a relationship struggle with your husband right now. Nobody else knows about it. Listen, pray and trust God through that thing. Hey, you may have some young people or some teenagers in your life that are away from God, and you wish you could just shake them sometime, and you wish you could force them, and you know you can't. Can I just say this this morning? Trust God. He has a plan. You may feel like nobody in the world knows what you're going through, and nobody loves you, and they don't know the pain, and they don't know the tears you cry. They don't know the emotional issues that you're going through right now, and the depression you carry, and the hurt, and the abandonment. I just want to remind you to trust God. Listen, because he knows all about it, and he can help you through it this morning. Mary, in this day, she magnified the Lord, she worshiped the Lord, and she trusted the Lord. So number one is embrace that role. Secondly, trust God. And then thirdly, simple. Thirdly is this. I wrote this down because I believe this this morning. As a church and as people, ladies, we need you. We need you this morning. 
Listen, God has placed you in your home, and He's placed you in your in your church, and He's placed you exactly where He's placed you. Listen, for a purpose and for a reason. Moms, you know you set the tone in your home. You ever heard this? If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. And you may not think that's true. Well, I just tell you, you come home miserable, you come home gossiping. You come home and slam your door and don't ever spend time with your kids. And you come home and disrespect. and You go, you set the tone. But I dare you. I dare you to come home with a joy in your heart. I dare you to come home laughing and spending time with your family. Hey, I dare you to start praying with your kids. And I dare you maybe not just to be a jerk to your husband. And I'm always hard on the guys, so we're just having a fun time today. But you set the, listen, you set the tone in your home. You know if you come home and your words are gracious words you might just get some gracious words back you come home and you look at those teenagers that you don't think love you and you look them in the eyes and you put your arms around them you say I love you man it might just make a difference in their life Matt sang a song earlier somebody's praying for me he may not even know this or remember this when I was away from the Lord I've told you all this that's a song that I would be walking down the road on my way to work that would come up in my head when I was away from God and I knew that I had a praying mother and a pray- can I just say this moms don't give up on your babies it'll make a difference in their life don't quit praying for them listen don't quit they need you your kids need you your husband needs you your home needs you Man, and God's giving you a role. He's giving you a responsibility. And that's not something to push away. That's something to embrace. And it should be awesome for you. And it can be. We need you. You know, as a church, we need you. Man, if I was in charge of everything, we'd have deer heads hanging in between these windows on Sundays. We'd never have, uh, uh, you know, it wouldn't smell good in this place. Man, instead of, you know, it, it would be, listen, we need, we need you. God knows I don't want to work in the nursery. We need you. You're an important part of God's plan. We need you to teach. We need you to serve. We need you in the choir. And we need you to pray. I was preaching Thursday night in uh, Molina, Florida. Right before I got up to preach, the, the, the man running the, the meeting leaned over to me. He goes, right now there's about 30 women that are praying for you. By name. That God would work in a great way. And you may say, preacher, I can't sing and I can't do any of this stuff. Can I just tell you something we can all do, men and women alike? Because we can all pray. We need you. Man, we need you. As a church, we need you. Man, you're, you're important. You're not second class this morning. Listen, you, you are an important part of God's plan. Embrace the role that God has given you. I just want to encourage you. I want you to think about that. I know sometimes, man, and especially in a church setting, oh, it's always men doing everything. You know, I've heard it all. Man, some of the best preachers I know is women. Somebody help me this morning. The Baptist guy, I got a little grunt, some grunts this morning out of that one. Shoot, y'all come listen to Sarah. She's got some sermons. <laughs> but we do need you. You don't know sometimes, and I think of my mom this morning. She's, I don't know that my mom knew. I don't know that she knew the difference that she made in my life as I watched her. I don't know that she knew, Jeremy, as I watched uh, my dad leave her. Yet, my dad, who was a preacher, walked out on her yet that next Sunday morning. Mom had us in church. Man, I don't know if she knew the difference she was making when she didn't have any money and she made sure that we went to a Christian school. She paid it and figured out why we'd get it done. Went back to work. Hadn't worked in years. Went and worked a job. She didn't know the difference she was making. Man, she didn't realize this. Man, as she got remarried and God blessed her with a wonderful husband, 
And they raised us and kept us in church. I don't know. And I was rebellious and I didn't appreciate it when I was going through. I don't know if she knew the difference she was making in my life every single day. Because even when I wasn't faithful, guess what she was? I don't know if she knew the difference she was making every day when I would leave. And just like my wife, I, not a day goes by where I don't see Sarah with, her, with the word of God open as I'm getting ready to leave. I mean, I, I, for years I saw mom day after day on her knees with the Bible open praying. Not a, I don't remember a day leaving the house. I don't remember a time when I was coming home in ungodly hours that mom wasn't in there weeping and praying for her son. Listen, she didn't know the difference she was making. But can I just tell you all something? It made a difference in my life. Man, I don't know if she knew as she sat there by my stepdad, by that hospital bed, day after day. And she sat there and she held his hand. And man, she began to, and you've heard the stories, man. As he was dying, she stood there and she was faithful. And she looked to the Lord and she trusted God. All I'm saying is this this morning. You never know what difference you're going to make by just being faithful and just embracing your calling. Just trusting the Lord and being who God's called you to be. And you may not feel, you may not feel like you're making a difference, Mom, in their lives. But I'll tell you this, I'll never forget that day that I finally got right with the Lord. And I said, Mom, I'm tired of living for myself. I'm tired of doing my own thing. Man, I, I, I could hear on the other side of the phone when she knew we were getting some stuff settled, man. I could, I could almost picture her with those tears just running down her face. And I, bet, I wonder if she ever rewinded for those 15 years to those moments where she thought there was no hope, but she kept on praying, and she kept on being faithful, and she kept on trusting, and she kept on serving. And man, now her, her daughter, man, working in a church full time, her son trying to preach, trying to help somebody, trying to encourage the next generation. Man, trying to be, in it all, I believe with everything that's in me, it simply goes by this. Because there was a lady, there was a lady that said, you know what, I'm going to embrace the calling. I'm going to trust God. <laughs> and listen, when, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, when there's that need, I'm going to feel that need. Man, I'm going to do what God's called me to do. Don't give up. Listen, Mom, this is what I'm telling you. These are crazy days. You're going to hear some stuff from your kids you never dreamed you would hear if you've got babies. They're seeing stuff you never dreamed of. Listen, they're, they're, it's a hard world, but you can make a difference in their life like nobody else can. There's something about a mom's Some of you are sitting here this morning because of your mama, and you don't know this, but you came this morning, and in, inside of her heart, she hadn't told you this, but she's been praying for you every single day. She's been praying that God would get a hold of your heart. She's been praying that God would change her life. She's been praying that you wouldn't give in to the world, the flesh, and the devil. She's been praying that God would use you in a great way because she knows that that other way, it only brings heartache, and it only brings tears. It only brings an empty wall. It only brings pain. She wants to see you basking in the calling that God has for you. Sometimes we think that over here is the identity they want and it looks fun, but it's full of hate and it's full of self-hate. But there's an identity over here that if we'll embrace it, it's full of joy and it's full of grace. Listen, I don't regret, y'all listen to me and I'm done. I don't regret one day that I live, listen, I don't regret one day I live for the Lord. I regret every day that I live for myself. And I just want to tell you this, that day that you come home and you go down that road, your father's standing there and he's not mad at you. He's not judging you. He's got his arms open. He'll take out that per perfect robe. He'll get that fatted calf ready. He'll throw a party and he just simply wants you to come home. What a better day than Mother's Day than to say, you know what? I'm tired of living for myself. I'm tired doing what I want to do. I want to embrace my calling. I want to trust the Lord. I want to be who God wants me to be. I hope you'll think about that today. Let's stand our feet. Altars open, heads bowed, eyes closed. Matt's going to sing this morning.